cut that out. Oh yeah, um, yeah, we were banned from saying it. That's yeah. right. I forgot. Um, I, I just want to talk about. We just had some big deals. A big deal come through. Uh, the TV rights to Halloween were picked up by Miramax. You know, uh, all the up and up folks at Miramax, all the, all the good people that uh, you know run mm-hmm. that company. Uh, so I guess they're producing a Halloween TV series now. Um, well, know. we have uh, Camp Crystal Lake coming out soon, well, right? Or at least like, yeah, I think. Or, that... or was that Brian Fuller? Yes. Didn't, did that get canceled? Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was canceled. He's, uh, yeah, look, which is a little, it's unfortunate. Um, I did just read about that recently. Yeah, and because I'm was a little shocked because of how much I love Hannibal. Yeah, same. Um I guess I didn't realize like he was a gay man. It was like, okay, oh, well, yeah, yeah. With as much of the homoeroticism is in Hannibal, I'm <laughs> like that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, he was like a or he is like a Friday the 13th super fan. Like he is hardcore into that franchise. Um I think there's photos of it, but like he once did like a Friday the 13th themed party and he dresses Pamela Voorhees and like Mm. He, he looks great doing it, but look, un- unfortunate I do story. recall something along that line. I know yeah. there was a lot of back and forth on like the accusations of it, of like, is the guy credible? You know, but this I feel like this happens with a lot of these stories coming up. So who knows? Uh, well, you know, I'm still pulling for Army Hammer, so hopefully that'll <laughs> get resolved at some point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe he should start in Friday the Thirteenth. You know, as Jason, he's a big guy. So yeah. Yeah, it could happen. But He's anyway, six I, foot four, yeah, two hundred fifty pounds, and there's two of them. <laughs> hey, that would be a good twist. Two Jasons I would love that. I I am just hoping for this Halloween TV series. It just pulls you know the the wool over one's eyes, and we focus on Corey as opposed to Michael. Make it the Corey show. Well, that could that could be something like we just expand on that, or we go back to the little girl from. Five, yeah, Jamie, uh, Jamie Lloyd, right? Exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Daniel Harris. Yeah, I, I look. I'm not a. T- I'm nowhere uh, as much of a TV guy as I'm a movie guy. So the fact that the, all these series are coming out, it's a bit of a bummer to me because it's like I, you know, I like the Chucky show, but it's harder for me to get invested in like finishing a TV show. Obviously, you know, there's agreed. Been, yeah. There's been so much t- more dedication that you have to give it. Yeah, totally. I, uh, we'll, we'll get to it in recommendations, but I did watch something recently that I really liked for TV and I have not even like fathomed the idea of going back to it to continue. Not because I dislike it mm. or whatever. It's just like, it's harder for me to get myself motivated to watch a TV show. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope it's good enough that even me will will stay dedicated. Um, and I don't know. I, I think I'm very curious about what what will happen this year. I did so many movies, like I really tried to push myself and seeing the new movies uh, that or ones I had never seen before. I think next year I might try to do that with like TV shows because there's plenty of ones that I love and I just haven't finished. I absolutely love. I think like season one through four and a half of bojack horseman and then just never finish the end of it yeah love to death season one through three of arrested development i i actually do really like season four it's but got never watched anything else yeah, yeah. uh I, there's just a lot of those i need to like just like okay just finish it just get it out of the way right i have three or four episodes of the good place left oh wow and yeah, it's one I of those also things never of like that. yeah 
you get so close to the end and you're you realize that this is an end like we're right. not going to be completing any more of this unless like 10 years go by and we decide we need a reboot or a reboot for no reason right you know or a long-term continuation like twin peaks or something yeah yeah a legacy sequel yeah which i guess twin peaks is one of the ones that's really made it work yeah i know dexter had the same thing twin peaks twin peaks is the best example there's it's never been done better i mean like i know we're we're both yeah we both ride david lynch's dick pretty hard all the time but like what was better than that in terms of legacy sequels you know i actually had a thought of david lynch in this movie later but we'll get to that um one of the ones i've been meaning to watch now is the justified reboot or continuation yeah i didn't mean to justify i've been meaning to watch justified in general i started it years ago and never made it that far yeah look speaking of hannibal i i made it to season three of hannibal like maybe three episodes in into season three did not finish yeah and i know season three is a little rough i was just about to get to the red dragon stuff which i was very very interested in and i did not even make it to the beginning of that so like yeah oh yeah you gotta wade through all the hannibal rising right all the stuff with him in europe i mean that's the thing is i feel like i feel like the show did lose me which is why it got harder to continue um yeah so look i i really (laughs) obviously tv has its place tv is great love a lot of tv but it's just i don't know i feel like tv and movies we got to stop mixing them as much as we do you know keep them separate Well, funny enough i was talking to someone you know mike flanagan has the rights to the dark tower yeah series and, and i actually think that. a which would, that's probably the best version of it yeah well maybe thing yeah. could be like we do a um movie to start out with maybe two movies then you do a TV show. Um, I actually think like book four, you could do a, a great video game out of. Yeah, because it's all like a past story. It's that a past just, like, story. It gives you more. And that one's a lot of like kind of Wild West action. Well, fantasy exactly. Action, but yeah, yeah, so totally. it's like a Red Dead Redemption, and then like book uh, five and six could be their own movies, and then book seven would definitely be like. A two movies or like a TV show leading into Th- this. So could I, have, yeah. I think there's something to do with that. I yeah. think it could be hey, very interesting. I, that's interesting. I, I'd be for it. Hey, look, I, I just I do want like, uh, you know, video game adaptations to come back. I feel like now we're making all these video games into movies. What happened to tie in video games for movies? You know, True. it's like I honestly think it's a big big mistake that when the Star Wars sequels were coming out they didn't release like hey here's the video the video game adaptation of Force Awakens like I think that is a uh, big yeah. mistake because I uh, I think they did a lot of those with like all the Lord of the Rings ones and yes. I can't really think of anything major since that was like okay here's the game for you they did a Mad to Max fill in, like, game any gaps. right like not too long after Fury Road <sighs> But it wasn't yeah, really tied it's, in. It's not yeah. tied in, right? Right. But it's right. like I, I think they they relegated less to like, oh, here's Lego Star Wars that includes the new movies. But it's like, no, I want yeah. I want a Last of the Jedi video game where I'm flying around doing the bombing run in the beginning of that game. You know what I mean? And they like tack yep. on like uh like you know stuff that's not in the movies like oh they have a <laughs> exactly you know, like there's a there's a secret boss hidden on octo that you have to like fight in the cave as ray or something like yeah 
No, you're gonna get Legos and you're gonna like it. <laughs> Honestly, I hear that I haven't played it, but I hear so. they're great. Which is like, I just, I don't know. I, I want movie. I want a. I want movie tie-in games to come back. You know, give them to me. Give me Oppenheimer, the visual novel. You know, or the. the well, I was gonna say novel. let's yeah. let's do the the Telltale version yes. of this movie. Th- there you go. That would be great. Or the, right. the Cooking Mama ripoff with this. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. uh... Thank you all for listening. Uh, that's my ending spiel. I haven't I haven't done that. Uh, so we are in the middle of October, the scariest month of all, and we are doing a theme of trick by treats. And this is the last one we are wrapping up uh, here on the weekly podcast massacre. My name is Michael from Portland. Everyone calls me Murphy. I have a lovely co-host with me today. Yeah, hello. My name is Greg from Los Angeles. Gourmet Greg. Sorry, I believe almost forgot. Yeah. Yes, you have. A qualifier, yes, yes. And uh, Gourmet is perfect for this because we are watching from 2022, The Menu, a TSG and Searchlight Pictures. It is an hour and 47 minutes. It was directed by Mark Mylod, who did a lot of TV, funny enough that we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Shameless. He did, like, I think the original British Shameless and brought it over to America. Which I've never watched any of those. I, I think I've seen a few episodes, yeah. I hear good things, I guess. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones, which uh, I can't really put any blame on him no. for anything <laughs> that happened with that show. And then uh, he did Succession, which I really enjoyed. I thought was great. Had a uh, trouble getting into the first season. I thought it was really good quality. And then there's something that happens like in the last episode that kind of drew me in. And it was it was something that kind of got hinted on or like brought back up in season two and three, and then for season four they just hadn't talked about it at all until maybe the last like twenty minutes of the show, wow. and it really became like for because of this thing, it splits into different ways that you wouldn't expect it to go. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, really, really enjoyed that movie or yeah. that TV show. Uh, this is written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. Uh, I saw they had done a bunch of TV stuff as well. Uh, nothing particular that I wanted to call out. Greg, you had not seen this movie before, correct? Yeah, that's correct. This was a new, this was a, a new one to me. I, I remember hearing somewhat mixed things when it came out in theaters, and so I kind of put it lower on my priority list to see. Um, but yeah, I was I was happy to finally check it out. Um, See, I think that's funny because I heard almost nothing but good things. And I think the thing that kind of made me wary was how vague the trailers were. Yeah. Which, upon reflection, I kind of like that you don't get as much as you expect. Yeah. Or as you would imagine. Because that was the thing about that trailer. Your mind would wonder about what actually is happening for for some menu. for some reason I really got the impression from the trailer I'm like oh they're they're trying to hide the twist and it's cannibalism which I was yeah. happy that it wasn't that but that's just where my mind went whenever I saw the trailer and so I think I also kind of downplayed it I thought the trailer was like good right and I had some funny moments to it but I was like oh but it's just cannibalism right of course I'm wrong thankfully um, yes but I think well it's maybe I think the way I that they were too excited for it. One of the things with uh, the trailer, like, they have it when they bring them outside, and it's the the publisher being like, we're going to be okay, and right. the, the critic being like, we're going to die tonight, and he just, like, kind of agrees with yes, her. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. you feel like, mm, what's what's happening here? Right. 
Um, it, it was like, oh, is this like a most dangerous game type of thing where they're going to get hunted and then served, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's more of a, uh, like, triangle of sadness commentary yeah. on society. Though... I feel it leaves something to be desired in Look, the end of it. I, I agree, just as Triangle of Sadness did to me. Yes. Um, mm. I find them both be pretty similar in the way I think that they are written and the way that they're trying to like comment on things. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one's a bit more focused. Right. And it's... Triangle of Sadness, I think, is more broad, but I... I might have enjoyed that one a little bit more. I actually think I gave these the same ratings. I think on I like. I think I like this better. Yeah, but yes, I it's, I think the Triangle Sadness had so many like laugh out loud moments or, or other things like that when the um the arms dealer couple and yeah. like that grenade oh, comes on great. and I'm like, yeah. well, that's just that's brilliant right yeah, there. Yeah, great punchline. Yeah, um, totally. And I think there's a lot of that here, but not as succinct or as impactful right overall i think it's more of a uh snarky commentary yes and it's uh it's a little pompous compared to i think triangle of sadness oh i mean i think they're both incredibly pompous i i think but i think yeah. this one's more intentionally pompous i think triangle of sadness is just like i i'm on a i'm on a, my high horse yeah i can and see that's that. just how i'm like sure telling you know uh, describing the landscape that I see. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I think it just comes down to like personal enjoyment at a certain point with these two because I think they're, yeah they're very similar, and like uh, yeah. I, I just I think with this one, uh, maybe I did, I'm trying to think now. I mean, Triangle Sinus was very funny. I think the last third of it, I just really kind of was getting fed up with that movie at that point, and I think that the ending was really not effective for me. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I, th- I think this one sticks to the landing a little better. And I think that just like the message overall was a bit clearer, you know, uh, I think it still gets kind of muddled at a certain point for this one. Agreed. But Triangle of Sadness, I'm just like, oh, I think this movie kind of just ha- hates everybody, which to me, like, I don't know, it just sort of I, like uh, put me there off There is slightly. a lot more anger yeah. in Triangle of Sadness and, and the messaging and everything. Um because I think that one's also about, like, corruption and what power and right. and influence can do to you. This one is just really, like, this is how these people are and this is how we're treating them. And I think with Triangle of Sadness, coming down to something like that of, like, oh, whoever's in charge is going to be corrupt. Like, maybe it's not entirely wrong. I just found it a little simplistic after everything else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we're not talking about trial of sa- Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Uh <laughs> We're pivoting right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go over some of the cast and then we'll give some recommendations. This is really an ensemble movie, so it, it's it's hard to just give, like, a couple main characters. Yeah. Like, there are little bits that you really need to be able to speak to throughout. So uh, our main, of course, is Mr. Ray Fiennes as Chef Slowick. You have returning champion Anya Taylor-Joy as Margot Mills. That's right. Nicholas that's right. Holt as Tyler. Hong Chow as Elsa. Now, we did not talk about... I mean, we have talked about the whale, but not, like, she, as a full movie. She may as so well... So she's not technically a returning champion. She may but, as well be returning champion, given how much we've talked about the whale, you know? And how much <laughs> probably will talk about the whale. I think we also... I might have mentioned when I watched Downsizing. Yeah, She's that's right. in it, and she is 
phenomenal she's in awesome that role. yeah she's somebody i don't think i had ever heard of her before the whale and since then like she uh she's so good in that movie a movie you don't even really like right but she's so yeah. good in the whale and then she's really great in this and so like i, I yeah she's really just become somebody to watch for me uh just based on these Oscar two performances one of the podcasts yeah. i listened to they were like well she got nominated for the whale and they were saying, well, she, what she really got nominated was for this movie, this performance. Interesting. It was just so much easier to vote for The yeah. Whale. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was the same thing with Downsizing. I had never heard of her. And then remember that there was like, this movie's bad, but there's a really good performance <laughs> in here of like an unknown person. Yeah. And turns out that was her. Uh, we have returning champion Johnny Legs as movie star. I don't Hell think yeah. they ever really gave a name. Uh, they, it they, was just like... They give him two names, actually. So when he checks in... Oh, that's right. His assistant that's gets right. his real name, and he gives his stage name, but his name is George, I believe. I don't know. I don't remember if that's his okay. real name or a fake name, but uh, he's called George in the subtitles, at least. Okay. Uh, we have the critic, uh, Janet McTeer, as Lillian Bloom, her publisher, magazine publisher, I guess. They don't really define his relationship yeah, like yeah. succinctly but you understand her uh, paul yeah. adelstein as ted mm-hmm. uh you also have the movie star's assistant amy carrero as felicity you have the rich couple reed bernie as richard and judith light as Anne. um some of my favorites the finance bros rob yang as bruce who's also in succession yeah he's awesome so that i think that's that's one of the like connections there Arturo Castro as Soren, and then Mark St. Chire as Dave, I believe. And then a couple of the staff, you have Peter Crows as the sommelier. One of them, like, I've seen your face in so many different things, I just can't really pinpoint exactly where. Yes, yeah. Uh, Christina Brucato as Catherine, and Adam Alder- Alderks as Jeremy. Yeah, it's a wildly good cast. I think everybody's great in this, honestly. Yeah, there, there's no, um, I would say, bad performances or untrue. Yeah. Like, I feel like everyone gives their all, and um, it's great. You have a bunch of chefs, like nameless chefs in the background, too. Security guards, you got a Coast Guard later on. Uh, lots of people in this movie. Did you mention uh, there's uh, Christina Bracado as Catherine, who I really like? As Catherine, yes. Yeah, but she yeah. was great. Um, we'll talk about her later, but yeah. Well, uh, Greg, do you want to give a recommendation of maybe something that you've been watching, reading, eating, experiencing that has <laughs> not been a horror-themed um, content? I, I have something. It, it kind of does tie into horror, but it's not a movie. So, uh, And it's it's of two genres, I guess, but... Um, I talked about last week how I've been watching a lot of pre-code horror movies that were added to the Criterion channel, which have been really fun. Um, and one of the ones I watched was like the 1931 uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which I really enjoyed. That was a fantastic movie. Um, and so I decided to hop on my trusty Hoopla, the library app, and I downloaded uh, the audiobook of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is only like two hours long. It's, okay. it's pretty short. I think it's a novella. Um and I so I listened to that and hey surprise surprise there's a reason that's like a literary classic it's a great story um mm-hmm. you know it's very of its time uh, it's very tied to like you know upper crusts like uh, Victorian England and so it's a bit mm. stuffy as you would say um, sure but um, I still think- I wonder if we could probably find a month to do just 
Jekyll and Hyde movies. Oh, there's a million of them. Yeah, absolutely. That would be fun. Even was yeah. it? I think it's Doctor Jekyll and Miss Hyde. Miss Hyde. Yes. In the nineties, uh, with Stephen Weber. There's that one. Is it Sean Young? Yeah. There's another comedy one called like Jekyll and Hyde Together Again. The Nutty Professor. You know, we could do that. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, there's a Hammer one called The Two Faces of Doctor Jekyll. Um, I could torture you with, but like, uh, no, the short story is great. And like, you know, I feel like it's one of those stories that's kind of interesting because, um, it, it seems like, I feel like people kind of get the conceit of the story wrong a little bit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so they, I, I feel like oftentimes when you see adaptations of it or parodies or whatever, uh, people like, okay, so like Jekyll is all good and Hyde is evil, right? When you uh, get into the short story, it's way more like, no, Hyde and Jekyll are the same person, right? They're two sides of the exact same mm. coin. And the inhibitions are released. Yes. Right, exactly. Inhibitions are released. And so anything that Hyde does, that is part of who Jekyll was before the transformation. And I feel like mm. um, I was even like reading up a bit more about it afterwards. And even like Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote the story was a little frustrated as he saw, like, play adaptations of it come out and things like that, of, like, no, people don't exactly understand my story. You know, it's not, oh, this innocent man transformed into a monster. It is, nope, this is, this is Dr. Jekyll's, like, innermost desires made real, you know? Mm. And it's like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to find him to be a much more deplorable person than I think people usually do, you know? Um so yeah it's it's a really interesting story it's really well done and um you know again it's it's a lot more sci-fi than horror like there is a murder there's exactly one murder in it but it's way more focused on like the philosophical side of things i'd say we could also cover the Tom Cruise The Mummy because it's I Russell Crowe. I went on YouTube and I rewatched that scene too. It's so fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Oh my god. It is. I will and say I Crow. To, uh, I think Crow is having a blast in it, which I appreciate. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. It's like him and the Pope's Exorcist. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's having fun. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was wrong. It wasn't Steven Weber. It was Tim Daly. I did get uh. it right. Is Sean Young. But look at this poster. <laughs> look how crazy this is. Oh my god. Okay, we gotta do it. We gotta talk about it. Bizarre. <laughs> uh, directed by David Price. I wonder oh. if he's Vincent Price's shot. Oh, he actually directed a movie I just watched recently, Children of the Corn Part 2. Wow. Because I've been trying to go through all the Children of the Corns for October. Ooh, uh, did you brutal. know there's like nine of them? Isn't there like 11? I think there's like way more than that. I think it's nine. Okay. Um, I just watched the fourth one. Oh, and God. <laughs> was falling asleep at the end. Naomi Watts is in it. And Whoa. she doesn't. It doesn't save it at all. Whoa. Okay. Uh, probably the youngest I've ever seen her in. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Man, that's wild. Uh, yeah, in terms, so like, other than that, like, you know, again, it's October. Been blazing through horror stuff. Um, I watched this really interesting one called um, uh, Thirteen Women, which the Criterion Channel really hyped up as like a proto slasher, like a you know, it's hmm. a thirties movie. But I, it's pretty far from that. I think they really kind of like were they were stretching it a little bit. Essentially, there is like. A character that's going around like picking off people one by one. So like I guess it's a slasher in that sense. But it's it's really more of like a kind of like a 
sort of drama, but that was kind of interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's kind of so. I would say these pre-code horror movies, it's a little debatable whether or not they actually are horror. Sometimes, you know, there's like maybe some horror elements. Like I watched this one called Svengali, um, which I guess Svengali has gone on to become like a sort of like show business term. Of, like, somebody yes, who's, like, controlling the, somebody else, you know, like, yeah. The movie host, like a Joe Bob, but Right, Sven Gulli, yeah. He's oh, like a, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, he's a parody yeah. version of that. So the original Sven Gulli, he was played by John Barrymore, um, you know, Drew Barrymore's grandfather. Uh, famous okay. dad, Drew Barrymore. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, okay, this could be interesting. I've never seen a John Barrymore movie. Let's see what this is about. Even the description on the Criterion channel notes that it's a very anti-Semitic performance. And you watch it, and he is wearing, like, crazy prosthetics. He's, like, an mm. Eastern European <laughs> Polish guy. They, they Basically thinner all over Yes, again. oh, yeah, yeah. They constantly dance around, like, just sort of calling him, like, uh, and, look, you know, calling him a dirty, you know, uh, bad thing. Um, yeah, but it's like, oh, he smells like he's greedy. It's like it's really rough to watch, and the movie is like literally only a horror movie for maybe like three minutes, you know, because he's like mm-hmm. a, he's like a hypnotist, and there's parts where he's like doing his like dark magic, and like it, and even that is problematic, saying he's a dark magician or whatever. But it's like when he does that, his eyes go all white, and like he does get very like German expressionist, and it's like. You can't really call this a horror movie for this one sequence. Like it's it's pretty. It was eh, pretty mislabeled. Maybe. I'd say. I mean, it's what they had back in the day. Yeah, you know? I guess they're, they're not able to to be as uh, horrific as right. we. Well, do today. but it's like, but you, you know, compare it to like I've been watching the other movies in that same collection. And it's like Doctor Jekyll and Mister mm-hmm. Hyde has some really intense stuff in it. Um, as does like you know, Murders in the Rue Morgue and Island of Lost Souls. They're way more like graphic and intense than you expect. And Singali, which come at the same time, it's like no, nah, this is pretty tame compared to those. You know. So anyway, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Well, you made me think, Greg. Um, I believe Miss Barrymore is in need of writers. If you need something that's to true. fill your time, that's true. Yeah, so <laughs> you can apply. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> her and Bill Maher. I'll uh, yeah, I'll submit applications. <laughs> Get right on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've been super busy at work this week, so I haven't had a lot of chance. But I did see on Sunday, Dumb Money. Okay, and it's. It's probably the only non-horror thing I've been watching recently, and I thought it was pretty good. It's not great. I even wasn't the biggest fan of, like, The Big Short, right? and I thought this one was a little... A little bit more mixed. I think The Big Short had a... It has a great, um voice to it i yeah i think he is able to tell that story i'm not the biggest fan of the like let's take you out of the story and have fucking margot robbie in a bubble bath explain yeah. things to you i think that's a little much but there might have needed to be a something more for this movie i think there was just for dumb money specifically there was just like an emotional disconnect from a lot of it when it's like i should be championing Paul Dano and hating all these other people, but I don't feel anything yeah. about that. I just from the trailer um, I could kind of tell like yeah, I don't know. I feel like this I a lot know, of yeah. great acting yeah. besides Pete Davidson. Like there's so <laughs> many you got Vinny D'Onofrio, you got Ooh. um Seth Rogan, you got what's his name from Parks and Rec, the mustache guy. Um, right uh ron swanson's a character but uh yeah what's yeah his, what's yeah his, but i like i love him yeah he's great 
um the oh fuck and i just knew his name i said it the other day the 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 latino guy from like hamilton and the recent transformers movie anthony ramos i think is his name right oh he's really good in it is fucking yeah yeah. um nick yeah that's it um dane dehan is in the movie and he's been i think he's been gone for a while yeah he was an Oppenheimer. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Fucking everybody was an Oppenheimer. But like, yeah. he plays Anthony Ramos's uh, GameStop manager, and like the first couple times you see him on screen, he's where it takes place during COVID, so he's wearing a mask, and you're like, "Who is this? Somebody? I can't tell." And then like, we're at one point where he pulls it down, I was like, "What are you doing <laughs> in this movie?" It's the uh, same America director. America Ferrara is really good. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the same director as I Tanya, right? I think so. I can't remember. Yeah, but I, wasn't I, the biggest, I believe it is. I was the biggest fan of that movie. Like that uh, was one. I, I thought that was... one was actually really good. Oh, that would make sense because it has um, uh, Sebastian Stan right. in it as well. Uh, I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting that was like really good in like kind of bit roles. Uh, but yeah, I like. I think it's a great story about, you know, the little man taking on, you know, greed and everything, sure, but it, yeah. it doesn't, uh, it doesn't leave me with anything really. Like I should be angry about the whole system and it's just kind of like, eh, right. whatever. That was an hour and 40 minutes and it's not like, I mean that, that all the shit that's happening in that movie as well as the big short impacts me tremendously. Yeah. But like. Again, that emotional disconnect, I'm not as irate as I probably should be. Totally. I get you. All right. But, um, you know, I saw it for free. Regal <laughs> Pass. If it's on streaming, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, Paul Dano does a great job. I Love thought Paul he's Dano. really good in it. Yeah, he's great. Uh, him and um, Shailene Woodley or whatever her, like, right. she's okay as the wife, but uh, I think he shines. He's. I love Paul he's he's yeah. amazing yeah uh well let's get into the menu uh because we are cordially invited to <laughs> the menu i love that in the uh in the what do you call it the credits yes pre-roll credits um we are going to hawthorne island that is a restaurant that serves 12 customers at a time Twelve fifty a pop. That's uh, a little less than my current monthly rent. Twelve, yeah, but yeah, same. Uh, Twelve dollars fifty cents. You mean, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if only my rent was that low, that would be great. <laughs> uh, so we meet Margot and Tyler as they're waiting on a boat to take them to the uh, the island. Margot lights up a, sm- a cigarette, and Tyler tells her that smoking kills your palate, where she replies, then my palate will die happy. We get all the introduced to all the people as they're coming on the boat. We get served a uh, oyster with lemon pearl algae, and Tyler really loves the mouthfeel of this, and uh, Margot says, please don't say mouthfeel. I, they have somewhat interesting flirtations. Yes. But also, like, as she goes to reach for the oyster, he smacks her hand. Right. So he's very controlling in a weird sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to get to it pretty quick. I think uh, 
I think Nicholas Holt might be the best performance for me in this movie. I think he is so funny. Mm. I think he's really dialed into his character, and I think he, he is locked in. Yeah, I think he does an incredible job. I think he's really, really funny. And I want to say something maybe controversial. Um, I don't think she's bad, but I think Anya Taylor Joy might be the weakest performance in the movie for me. I think it's an I interesting dichotomy. I can agree with you. I the first time I saw it in theaters, I. I like her and things. Yes. I don't necessarily think she's the greatest. Like, I think, she, I think, I think she's had amazing roles. I think she's great in The Witch. I think she's great in Thoroughbreds, which I don't remember if you've seen or not. But um, I did see Thoroughbreds, yeah. yeah. I think, um, she's, great I think she's great in The Northman. Like, yeah. her, I th- it might even be her last scene where she's on the boat. Yes. And she's, like, cursing with her arms out. Like, phenomenal. Oh, she's really good in that, yeah. Um, but last night in Soho, I was like, what eh, are you doing here? Eh. What's the X-Men one that she was in? The oh, New Mutants? Uh, New Mutants, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the weird Russian accent I didn't care for. <laughs> She's um, good casting for that character, but like, uh, I never saw it, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, could, I could kind of agree with you. I think Tyler or Nicholas Holt does a great job. I think Ray Fiennes is... Oh, I mean, he's hard to beat. I mean, obviously, he's... So yeah. incredible. Yeah, him and, um, him, and, him and Hong Chao are both good. Legazamo's a fucking pro. Uh, I love... Yeah, we yeah. see him getting on the boat, and I think it's... Margo is like, oh, I'm a huge fan of him. Like, I love his movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, he He gets great. on, and he, like, tries to do a boat joke to the yes. finance bros, and they're yeah. just like, ha-ha. <laughs> he even like walks away he's like i don't want people to disturb me i was like you fucking talk to them first right like, well and then he sits down and the assistant's like nobody is talking to you what are you talking yeah like, nobody even acknowledged you <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh we get to the island everyone's checking in we meet hong chow's character elsa and uh we learn that margo was not originally going to be here tyler had invited a mist westerfeld and not Margot. So there's a little bit of awkward confusion with this. Uh, kind of jumping to the whole plot of the movie. What do you think her sins were? Sins? Because were? everybody... Her sins. Because everybody who is coming here has a sin that they are Oh, so who's his girl, what's his girlfriend's sin? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It could just be that... Uh, you know, she was just accompanying Tyler, right? It could just be that. I don't know. We kind of find he's an interesting case anyway, because he has, you know, prior knowledge. Um, yes. And so it, it, I think that's just it. The fact that he would bring somebody in general, I don't know. Seem, I mean, that seems pretty cruel, but the whole thing is pretty cruel. So it's, I mean, it's kind of like mm-hmm. the assistant. Like the assistant, like they didn't know anything about her, right? Other than she was uh, the movie star's assistant is plus one. That's true, but we do learn later that she went to Brown with no right. student loans. I, I think that's, so, that's his that's his justification later, but I don't think he knew that afterwards. going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we get a tour of the island. There's a guy fishing for scallops. We see the smokehouse that are uh, contained of dairy cows that are smoked or like uh, aged for 152 days. Yeah, I think Hong Chao has a pretty great little speech about like what would happen. If we wait it till the 153rd day. Yeah. Uh, just her, yeah, like, uh, chipper delivery of it at the end is great. Yes, totally. We even get to see the bunkhouse. Uh, Margo, on the way there, says, uh, we have reached the base camp of Mount Bullshit. Yes. Uh, I, I, this is so culty. I was getting so many, like, 
um, what was that show from a couple years ago? Um, I feel like there's a lot of like docu series about cults, but there was one. Uh, oh, Wild Wild Country. I don't know if you watch any of that. Oh, sure. That takes yeah. place in Oregon. Yes, yes. Th- it is a very Portland story because right. I think Portland is like the closest big city. Yeah, where they po- I think that's where they poison the people. At yeah. The- salad but i believe, I believe yeah. so but it just got me thinking about when you see like the bunk houses and they even say the line of like oh yeah everyone except for the chef lives here like 24 mm-hmm. 7 and i'm like oh that just made me think so like of uh what's his name the bogwan like showing up at his li- <laughs> yeah. on in his limo and his rolls royce every single day like yeah. oh you guys all live in this shitty compound out in the wilderness i'm gonna drive in in a rolls royce <laughs> like you know i got cable up yes, there yeah, exactly yeah uh but yeah she says we're family you know we mm. harvest we ferment we slaughter we marinate we liquefy we fearfy <laughs> we gel margo goes they gel she goes we gel they gel now yeah um <laughs> uh they head into the restaurant i do love that the uh couple who has been there many times before they're just like we're gonna skip the tour we're yeah. gonna go right to drinking um didn't mention it but there's also a very older lady just kind of sitting in the corner by herself with a uh, very large wine glass. Yes. Tyler goes and looks into the kitchen. He notices that the whatever they're making uh, used a Paco jet. And the chef is like, yes, you know, that's you're very knowledgeable. Uh, Mr. I, you know, gives his last name. And he seems like beside himself that the chef knew his name. He goes, well, we like to know everyone who's dining with us. As they go back to the table, uh, Margo notices that he didn't ask for the chef's name, showing that he really has no yeah. um, uh, care for who is serving him, which will come back later. Uh, we get the amuse-bouche, which is cucumber melon, milk snow, and charred lace. Hmm. Milk snow. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, which could be goat. Remember, they, they don't say what That's right. kind of milk it is. And one of the things I really like about this as an ensemble movie is it kind of keeps cutting between different conversations that are happening with with all the characters and their relationships to whoever they're eating with. Yeah. Um, we have the finance bros when they're like, oh, we should like talk about our lives. And it's like, is that what we're doing? Yeah. You know, I'm a, fu- I'm a, like, she's, she hates me. I'm a fucking asshole. They, and they really, and they, I, I, so yeah, they really don't give a shit about the whole experience, right? It's like, so it's been, right. it's even like beneath them. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, eh, whatever. This is something to do, kind of, right? Like, well, as one of them says, like, uh, his dad says, you pay for the experience. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so that's that's what it is, and so they cheers to work and money, <laughs> and uh, one of them even to says, greed. "Somebody shoot us." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I really love the running bit with uh, Lillian, the critic, just the incredibly mm-hmm. pompous way of like talking about food. And then Todd yeah. being like, I was just gonna say, like every single time, <laughs> yeah. Like they feel like or they he'll do it say a lot, something, but... and then she'll like. Uh, say something else and right. she's like no 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 that's that's the best way to say it yes um, I, I and like that's funny that like yeah. you mentioned it that because i think the way that tyler talks about the food because margo asked him like what do you like about this right and he seems to almost just regurgitate other things that he has heard yeah totally about like how this is how you talk about food right 
Um, and he's and like, he, like the, says, I've watched like the chef's Loic episode of the chef's table, like a hundred times yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I, I love this speech he gives. This is, this is one of the funniest moments to me where he's saying, um, you know, he's like, oh, you know, some people are very into sports, right? Or some people are like very into um, like musicians, like whatever. And he's like, those people are idiots. Like these are real <laughs> yeah. artists like that. I thought that was so fucking funny. He's also, he's yeah. like, he's like the, you know, the Instagrammer. Like he's trying to take photos of everything. Um, and sure. Like, and I don't, I don't know if that's specifically for like social media cloud. I think he just wants to like preserve yeah. his experience. But I think it's, I think it's also a comment on those type of people too, though. You know, like right. oh millennials, yeah. like hey, did you actually eat anything if you didn't fucking post it to Instagram? You know, yeah, yeah. They they do ask not to take pictures right. of the dish that mm-hmm. they are like to be experienced, and we have uh, Chef Slowick clapping, which I I love. Um, and he's starting to address the crowd. Uh, he tells them, you know, do not eat. And they all kind of like look around. Oh, what, what does he mean? Taste, savor, relish. <laughs> Which is something I think I definitely have issues with. Uh, even when it's good food, I just kind of shovel it in my yeah, mouth. I constantly uh, as... get comments about how fast I eat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we talk about, you know, we're, we're trying to fill the hole inside of us yeah yeah and you have to do it as fast as possible <laughs> basically exactly um so we get the first course which is the island you have a scallop with frozen seawater that melts to season and then uh plants and flowers from the the island that are all um put on a rock yeah. with with tweezers it's right. very delicate and um uh, I believe at this point, like Tyler had interrupted uh, the the speech, and Chef Slow kind of calls him out, and so he's more worried about how the chef thinks of him, right? And Margot's going into is like, "You're paying him to serve you. It doesn't really matter if he likes you or not." Yeah. And Tyler's kind of like, "What does this mean?" And she's like, "Oh no, no, de- no, no, it doesn't matter. Whatever." Yeah. Um, because as we learn he is paying her to serve him exactly it doesn't yeah. really matter if she likes him or not like he's paying for an experience totally yeah there's a there's and there's more that's you know obviously there's a lot to be said about food culture in this but like there's there's a bit about like yeah the service industry multiple service industries in general right yes about how you treat the people that you're paying to give you this experience yeah um mm-hmm. and we've both been part of service industry really only um the- movie theaters for right. you or did Exhibition. you ever do any food no yeah no. nope never did that i did a little um uh you know work at dispensaries so i was you know, like getting people their weed which is you know one that's always nice is like everyone's coming there for like something you enjoy and yeah. talk about but also like there's just a lot of assholes oh, at sure. times. I, I think in any industry, you're going to encounter that, basically. Sure. Yeah. I think the biggest one I ever had was this old man came in and said his doctor told him CBD. And I was just like, that, that like, that that's so many things. Like, you, ha- you have to give me something. He didn't want to tell me what was wrong, which I'm like, okay, fine. Or, like, what he was supposed to use it for. I'm like, CBD could mean any of these, like, ten things. I have no idea what yeah. you want. And he left in a huff, left a bad review, and it's like, how am I supposed to help you? 
Right, yeah. It's like walking into the pharmacy and saying, my doctor said I need medicine. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, exactly. Or walking into a restaurant saying, I want food, you know? like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you got to be a little more specific. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I like Lillian uh, uses the term thalassic. Oh, it's very and thalassic. And it kind of like, for, like, confuses him for a second. He's like, uh... It's like, you know, from the ocean. Yes. Oh, sorry, I like his, his speech about the whole thing. It's like, it's to remind you of the importance of nature, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, how that that's where everything begins and ends, essentially. It's like, that is what... That That is like what we're... I mean, we're coming in to disrupt this, essentially, right? It's like, inherently... As human beings, we are destructive, and so it's like here. Here's what you're. He's exactly what you were doing. What even coming mm-hmm. here in the first place? Like here's this yeah. pristine island, and it's us destroying. It. Yes, exactly. for yeah. our pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. for leisure. Yeah. We have um, the movie star Johnny Legs is apparently is wanting to pitch a TV show. Also, let's get into his assistant is trying to quit. Right. And he's really like not letting her. We also I think it's Im- just kind of a funny right. bit. We also get the impression that they're they're sleeping together. They've been fucking. Yes, because yes, she yes. mentions like stuff that he doesn't want to tell his wife. Yeah. Here's uh here's your here's a, your key to your house. Right. Your apartment in New York. The apartment in New York your wife doesn't know about. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he's he wants to pitch a food travel show. And I love she's just like, so what are you going to say? And he's his basically um, just like our podcast is like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm going to go here. I'm going to look into the sunset any time. Right, exactly. I talk about like apartheid or something in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Racism is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have the couple talking about, well, they switch seats because Margot and the husband have been like, oh, something here. Obviously, she was a client, or he was a client. Yes. And um, they're mentioning how, like, the girl keeps staring at us. She kind of looks like our Claire. And he's like, like nope, she nope, doesn't look anything yep. like our Claire. No, yeah. No. We get the second course, which is a breadless bread plate. I do love his uh, speech about this and, yeah. like, how it's basically for poor people. But none of you are poor people, so you don't get bread. Right. I, I, I do really like that as a twist on, like, the high-class experience. Like, that to me is that, – that, that I feel like this is really good writing, you know, like the way they mm-hmm. present it. Yeah. I think that is probably the highlight of the movie. I think it's so well-written. Right. Um, Concept-wise, because it's a very – it's very high concept of, like – Yeah. We are a horror movie podcast. This – it's Dips a thriller. Its toe into horror. Yeah. It's kind of thriller. It's it's more of a a social satire commentary, right? Like a good dark comedy. Yeah, murder. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that we get like little descriptions of every course. This is no bread, savory accompaniments, <laughs> and um, the Lillian and the publisher see the the split emulsion and are like, oh. You should not see this in a uh, a restaurant of this caliber. Yeah, to the point where the chef like sends her a giant bowl <laughs> of the split emulsion. I, I do love that. Yes, <laughs> very very funny calling off. Um, the finance bros are like, haha, this is fun, but can we can we actually get a little bread? Do you know who we are? They pull that oh, card. God, and maybe I think maybe the line of the night. Um, 
could could be one of the performance like of the night of Hong Chao getting into her into their ear and says, "You'll eat less than you desire and more than you deserve." Great, which is basically my love life. It wrapped up in a <laughs> nutshell. Uh, no, she kills it. Yeah, I think even Rob Yang's response, like in his the way he reacts to it, is really good. Yeah, I really like that moment. Um, that that's really fantastic. Uh. We had the moment too of like, um, you know, Ray Fines comes to to Margot and it's like, hey, why are you not eating? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she hasn't touched a single thing. And well, I like how they they do some verbal sparring. Yes. She's like, you told me not to eat. <laughs> Great, love that. He's like, she gets lady, his ass. you know what I meant. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, she really gets his ass. Uh, but I, he after that he just walks over and he just like puts his forehead to the old ladies. It's such a weird fucking moment. Like just like he just like it's stands over and like yeah yeah it is. It's, to it's, a it's, degree, yeah. It's one of the weirder things in the movie. I would say is that that specific moment. Um, well, that's where we start getting the third course, which is titled Memory, and we hear about him growing up in Waterloo, Iowa. Which, and hey, I fact, think it, that is where my grandfather is from. My grandfather, uh, oh. born and raised in Waterloo, Iowa. Yeah. What do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do love the way that he delivers the talk. He says Taco Tuesday, and then he like shakes his head Taco Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. like yeah. in a very playful manner. And I'm like, I great. I was, Great, I was like Oscar winner. Yeah, I was reading that was improvised by him too. Actually, yeah, so good. Um, we get a very dark story about how his mother, who is currently drunk and is usually drunk, uh, when he was seven year old, seven years old, uh, his father was very violent or something along the lines where he ended up stabbing him in the thigh with. Um, uh, kitchen scissors and even goes on to say like i should have stabbed him in the throat but we don't know as much when we're children yeah and uh, everyone's still kind of like haha what's what is this huh mm-hmm. and uh we get served uh famous tortillas you get a bray or like a smoked chicken thigh with scissors inserted into it and then some other things for the um the taco uh toppings right all of the tortillas have like incriminating or embarrassing stuff for everyone the the couple like oh here's all the times we've come to the restaurant uh who's this other lady that you're here with right um we get pics of tyler taking pictures of the food that to me i i like that one a lot it's just like and isn't it from earlier that same day like it's that it's it's from the boat experience yeah Yeah. um which i liked it is like i don't know he's so shallow that like his memory is literally something that happened like less than an hour ago (laughs) and he's got nothing else of importance at any moment to like Mm -hmm. do that yeah right um you get all of the closed restaurants that lillian wrote bad reviews to I love that with Johnny Legs, you get the calling Dr. Sunshine, like, poster of the movie that he was in. And I love he's like, you know, bad script, you know, fun shoot. Right, yeah. They paid me. Um, Just talking more about him, I was seeing that he apparently based his performance and character off of Steven Seagal. Because he's had a long-running beef with Steven Seagal. Okay. Um, I think he was in two different Steven Seagal movies. He was in, uh, maybe it's Out for Justice. And then he's... uh, What's... Executive decision. Executive decision, yes. And in one of those, apparently, he was kind of like, you know, I don't know exactly what he was saying on set, but Seagal kind of got upset that he was complaining about something and, like, 
kicked him in the stomach without warning and knocked the air out of him. And apparently Seagal oh, just very regularly beats the shit out of his like stuntmen, will like actually hit them and stuff during scenes. And is just a horrible person to work for, of course, yeah. I don't remember which Whoa, movie he was on. Hold on, let's let's qualify. He's just a horrible, a horrible person. person in general. Yes, one hundred percent. As well to work for, yes, because yeah. he's a very like he's Russia person. He's so a, he lives yeah. in Russia, sucks Putin's dick. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that inherently. You know, if it was if he was just if he just enjoyed sucking dicks, not a big deal. But it's Putin's whatever. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Um, right. If he was sucking Zelensky's dick, we would be applauding him right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but there's a very uh, infamous story that Johnny Legs loves to tell because he hates Steven Seagal. But um, I don't remember. I don't remember which movie it was on. If it was Idol for Justice or Executive Decision, but apparently Seagal was like again being very rough with the stunt team, and there was a stunt performer who was just like supposed to have him in a headlock or something, right? And it was just like, hey, you're such a real fucking man, like. You know, let me do this for real on you, since you're actually hitting us, yeah. right? And Seagal's like, all right, fine, you know, I'll break out of it, whatever. Seagal did not break out of it. He got choked out and shit himself, um, like, in front of everybody. So, oh, I gotta uh, find that. That'd be that'd be great to hear. Yeah, so yeah, Leguizamo, uh, he loves telling the story, and I, apparently that's who he's basing this character off of, yeah. Okay. I could I could see the ego. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the finance bros, they have, like, incriminating evidence on their tortillas. And, uh, again, maybe another one of the best deliveries of it is Hong Chao comes over and they're like, what the hell is this? And she goes, these are tortillas. Tortillas. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, eventually, she's. Uh, they're like, well, you know, a taco won't hold up in court. So we yeah. just go to another case of the restaurant. Just, great. The Tyler is getting upset at Margot and the way that she is experiencing the whole night. Again, she's saying, like, you know, you're paying him. Like, he's an asshole. You shouldn't worry about what he thinks about it. You know, send something back to the kitchen. He's like, you don't do that here, you child. He's, like, very angry at it. And then he takes a bite of the taco and it's just, like, mind-blowing for him. He's like, whoa. Whoa, that's really good. God, he's 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 very funny in this. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, Margot goes to smoke in the bathroom, and uh, Slow it comes and confronts her. He says she shouldn't be here. And we move on to the fourth course. We get introduced to Jeremy Loudon and his dish, the mess. God. Uh, Jeremy is a sh- a young chef who wants to be just like Slowick. And uh, Sloak is asking him, are you happy? He no. says he is for, for, has forsaken everything to try to have uh, Sloak's life. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not great. He'll be no. good, but not amazing. Um, ask him, do you want my life? And Jeremy goes, no. And so there's a little fanfare, and Jeremy puts a gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. I do like how they've been putting, like, a tarp. Mm-hmm. Um, they throw plastic down at like the last second so yeah. it doesn't get into the kitchen um blood splatters on chef slowick's uh, mom and so they like they come and wipe it off later <laughs> and um i love it that like the way that he says no 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 it's all part of the menu people are freaking out some of them aren't like, believing it's a real thing accepting it right yeah. they think it's a squib uh, Lillian is eventually like, ha it's, you know, part of the stage, it's a show, it's funny. Uh, but for the mess, we get 
pressure cooked vegetables, roasted filet, potato confit with beef jus and bone marrow. Sounds great. This might be my dish of the night. Yeah, I yeah. do really like bone marrow. The if couple I, times if I've I had ate it. meat, I would absolutely be super stoked Oof. about this one. Um, I also Oof. you also also just have Tyler watching everything, being like, mm, okay, just eating like it's completely yes, he, he not affected not by eating. any of this. Yeah, yeah. God, that is so good. Uh, yeah. The the couple is like, all right, we're going to leave. This is not for us. And as they're trying to, the wife says something and the husband goes, hold on, I'll handle this. And Hong Chao's like, which hand? Which hand will you handle this? And they eventually make the decision. His left hand, they bring him to the table and chop off his ring finger Good with stuff. two chops. That's what really got me is that yeah, there's the exactly. one the, the, yep. and then they need a second one to yeah. really get to it. And I do have written in my notes at this point, Tyler never stops eating. Nope. <laughs> he does not care. It's so Lillian good. is laughing like, oh, this is so funny. This is great. Um, Chef eventually requests Margot to come see him in the back of the kitchen and is trying to determine where she should be sitting. Is she part of the shit shovelers or is she a rich elite? And says to her, we're all going to die tonight. She walks back to the table, and I love how Tyler is like, why do you get a special meal? Yeah. What did he give you? Um, veg or protein? Protein or veg? She slaps him, and he just goes, protein or veg? Fucking great. I, I do love the decision to, like, when, after she hears this news, she's kind of, like, you know, in a state of shock, and we get the, like, shallow focus around her, where, like, everything yeah. is, is, like, blurred out, and, like, she is, like... Walking back to the to the table in like a haze. That's maybe her best performance moment, I'd say, of the movie. Well, with this, I think I think it's like tremendously shot, and the score yeah. is great. Like it's yeah. a very classical, really good um, music. And yeah, it, this is like gorgeous looking movie. The set, the set for the restaurant is fucking awesome. It's really good. Yeah. It's mostly taking place in this one room, but they find a lot of really good ways to shoot it and like, keep it interesting. So. Well, you yeah. have the dining room, then you have the kitchen. Like yeah. eventually, and then and then all of the go to the bathroom. Other all things. the close-ups yeah. of the food. I, I guess I was reading that those are models. So it's not actual food. So they're they're specifically made to be shot in like this kind of black void. Whenever they show you the dish you're going to be eating, and it well, does, that's usually how it is. Yeah, it looks yeah. great though. It all again looks really it's good. It's like cereal was made with like Elmer's glue. Yes, like when you take pictures yep. of it for advertisement, they, they'll, they'll paint burgers and shit for commercials. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of the finance bros tries to break a window, and it doesn't <laughs> work. They get uh, served tea, and he's basically like addressing all of their sins of like why you're here, what right. you're doing, how um, the couple can't remember any of the eleven times that they've been here. Oh yeah, we and had I love cod the wife's kind of like cod. It's like it wasn't cod, you donkey. <laughs> and Gordon eventually, Ramsey is, shout out. is yeah. yeah, great. Um, equates how. His art turns to shit in their stomach, and they could not care less about what he's done, what he has chosen to do with his life. Yes. The finance bros are like, well, you know, if we're being truthful, um, this isn't your restaurant. You know, Doug Varick owns this and owns you. And he's kind of like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Goes and we show... Uh, a, a rich guy with angel wings hanging he's suspended the angel, he's in the He's the air. angel investor, yes. Angel investor. Um, we find out his biggest sin was 
One, notes on the menu. Two, asking for substitutions because there are no substitutions at Hawthorne. <laughs> uh, the finance bros also had the great line of, we kept you open through COVID, you prick. Yeah. You prick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and Doug Barry gets like suspended or, you know, he's suspended and they lower him into the ocean yeah. out there and just. I, I was expecting wait, something. Listen, listen. And. Yeah. There it is. I was expecting something a little more, like, shocking, I think, from this. You I know? think um, setting him on fire probably would have been a yeah, little bit yeah. better. It is, like, I mean, obviously it's a horrible way to die, right? Like, Set but, him on fire and then lower into I just, the, yeah, the lake, I just think but... That, I think the tension of the scene of, like, it, it called for something grander, I think, at the end of that. Yeah. I suppose I'm just I getting lowered I think with the way... In. They use fire later. They probably didn't want to double dip. Yeah, that's true. That's on a that good type point. of thing. Yeah, but have it be so. like I wasn't expecting like sharks in the water, but I don't know. I was expecting something else. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> sharks with freaking laser beams on their head. That's what I wanted. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Margot goes back to the office to meet the chef, um, where we learn what the husband of the couple wanted was just the, like, what was it? Um, keep eye contact while he jerks off while telling him he's a good man and that he calls her his daughter's name yeah something along and says that he lo- and says that he loves her yeah yes yes which is i mean pretty fucked up but yeah. he's not like hurting anyone right i don't know and we've like implied at this point that she's a you know a sex worker but this is like the full confirmation yes. in that line i feel like that's a good piece of writing just because it's like it's a little ex- exposition about the the older guy it also tells you who she is right it's, like yeah. it's never specifically saying like one you're a sex worker prostitute right. hooker all that like they they kind of go above and beyond that and i love how like uh, chef is like you know i can tell a service worker i know yeah. mm-hmm. when someone's like that and they start talking about you know do you enjoy providing your services and they both did but don't anymore yeah, she says sometimes yeah she's like you yeah. know at one point i did yeah yeah um so at this point we go outside to take the evening air we get the story from Catherine, that one of the female sh- uh, sous chefs of Slowik's advances, he uh, she denied those, and he eventually just stopped talking to her um, and didn't communicate to her for, like, two months or something. And she talks about how, like, he can do that. That's his, you know, um, privilege Eef. as a male in yeah. power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she eventually stabs him in the thigh. With scissors. They hug and forgive themselves. And then I love that she smears the blood on his smock. Yeah. Um, it's a great visual just great look I, yeah. think, I think it works perfect yeah they decide to give the men a 45 second head start as <laughs> they are trying to escape this is called man's folly yeah which folly, I yes. like yeah we're name. getting, getting yeah. there I love that um, a lot of them take off um, uh, the guy said the I think husband's his name is, like yeah. I'll, I'll send help for the first thing and then Tyler just stands there. Like I think the guy's name is oh. Soren, one of the finance bros, but he, he starts yeah. sprinting before he even stops talking. It's like you get a forty five second yeah. head start and he's already gone. Like that was a I mean that was a trailer moment. Still funny. Yeah. 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 Uh and then for our sixth course, we get Man's Folly, which is <laughs> Dungeness Crab, fermented yogurt, whey, uh what was it? Um Dried Sea Lettuce, uh 
umeboshi and kelp this sounds good as somebody who still eats seafood this sounds great yeah i love crab it does sound good and they uh they all really like it lillian compliments her on it and Catherine starts breaking down saying like this would have really meant something to me you know um a while ago and the uh female of the couple asks margo if she knows her husband and they're like yeah and they just kind of leave it at that yep um, there's some, there's other great moments within this too. Just like Lillian being like, Hey, I can get you your own restaurant. Like, you know, you're, yeah. you're set. Nobody has to die tonight, whatever. And she goes, Oh no, killing everybody was my bitch. It just seemed like a yeah, good idea. I'm super proud. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how we like tie the story together. <laughs> that's very funny uh, to me. Just going back to Tyler's moment of just standing there, not running is that is again, the look <laughs> on his face is just, he's kind of like smiling and just like nodding his head. There's yeah. just like go like come on and then he eventually does go yeah uh all the men get caught the publishers the last one who gets a play on a passard egg which is egg <laughs> creme fraiche and maple that Love one it. actually looks really good Love too. creme fraiche yeah, yeah. cream fraiche uh Paris. we learn yeah. that margo is not margo she is aaron from brockton massachusetts yeah. uh the, all the men come back tyler's like scooping down the leftovers <laughs> as he's like no hold on i'll take that we find out that Tyler knew everyone would die, that Chef Sloak was communicating with him for months, and that he was aware of whatever happened, that he um, hired Margot knowing she would die. After, and I think she after re- his reacts, girlfriend broke up with him. Yeah. Yeah. She reacts appropriately. Oh, yeah. This is, I guess this is how our good, she does this well, too. This is a good moment when she yeah. Yeah, attacks him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before I this, think this might be my favorite. Part of it, but this ahead. is great. But before this, we have uh, uh, John Lugazama talking to his assistant, and you know, he's the guy just like I wrote like a negative uh, recommendation to Sony. Oh, right. Uh, and she goes, Oh, I know. <laughs> she you. says, like, I've been stealing from you, and she goes, yes. I know. She goes, I know you know. He goes, I wrote a negative recommendation. She goes, I know. You, you CC'd <laughs> me on it. That is maybe my favorite joke in the movie. That is just, that's, that's really, oh, good. God, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, amazing stuff. Because uh, you can imagine uh, <laughs> a dipshit like him. Yeah, it's the look on his face when he, she's when she says that. He's just like, oh my fucking. Like someone God. like Seagal just yeah. like doesn't know how to work an email. Absolutely, yeah, can't do anything um, for himself. Yeah, yeah. We get uh, Tyler's bullshit next, which I think is one of a great thing. Like this is good. Slow trying to talk to him is like, oh, you know, there's so much we can learn from you. You know so much about this. Uh, so let's get you in the kitchen and just the way that he's like. I don't know, uh, leeks and, uh, sh- 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 shit, should we get you shit? Yeah. <laughs> shallots. All right. Uh, butter. So <laughs> leeks and shallots and butter. Ooh, culinary delight for Mr. Tyler, who ends up making Tyler's bullshit, bullshit, undercooked lamb, an edible shallot leek butter sauce, utter lack of cohesion. <laughs> and chef sits down and is like, no, this is really bad. Like, yeah. you're what's wrong with my art. It's like the mystery has been stolen from it. Whispered something in his ear, and uh, he gets very teary, takes off his personalized chef jacket, <laughs> and then exit the movie. You see, like, in a couple, like, a shot or two, he decided to hang himself <laughs> in the office. Yes. <laughs> Which, this is coming back to what uh. um, you made me think of earlier. Let's say... We were both approached by Mr. David Lynch and was given a very oh small camcorder and told to make something. 
Yeah. We do that, bring it back to him, and he tells us, Kill yourself. You're horrible. <laughs> yeah. You know. Do you think you would kill yourself? If they say <laughs> shit. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. I, on, on a it's, fucking it, iPhone. I'd consider it, yeah. I would consider it, you know. Yeah. It, uh, if it was, like, something, like... Coming from him, I feel like you you see moments of him being a little hard, you know, like you know, you know, on a fucking cell phone. Like there's, he can get a little like, you know, or heated. a little heated. Or you see, there's that clip of him shooting season three of The Return, where it's like, who gives a fuck how long a scene is? But I feel like yeah. generally he's a pretty like positive person. So if it was I coming think from artistically, him, yeah, yes, it, it was coming from it. It would be so devastating. So it would be in the cards. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be in the cards. I'd consider it. Um, I also just really like you talked about the Tyler's bullshit that comes up to describe his food earlier for the mm-hmm. mess. It also ends with R.A.P. Jeremy at the end of describing oh, right. describing his dish, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was really sad to see him go. I think it's a very funny end for him. But like I said, I think for me, he might be the performance of the movie. And so, like, I was sad that, that we got no more of him after this. He's great. I, yeah. I definitely think he's so. a such He's such a pathetic person. Like, and he does it mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. I really think he's great. He's a little, I think he's maybe undervalued as an actor sometimes. Like, I really love him as Nux in Mad Max. Um, he's great. I think he made a pretty good beast in the X-Men movies that he's in, right? I think he's, he's okay. I think he's fine um, in the scientist role, but yeah. not, like, right. Oh, he looks like shit in, the, in that, in, when he's you know, transformed. About yeah. a boy is really good. I'm trying to think there's I, I another, think like, big performance. I think he's his. awesome in The Favorite. He's really, really good in The Favorite. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's also in um, The Great, I think, that uh, mm, Hulu show about yeah, Catherine with, the Great. With Elf fanning yeah yeah yes yes i believe so uh so chef tells margo to come back into the kitchen oh elsa forgot to get anyone to get this barrel i need you to go uh to the smokehouse to get it she goes she actually um sneaks into his home and is looking at all the different pictures and other things or we get that in a little bit but um elsa attacks and she's very upset i don't want you to take my job yeah and i didn't, as I didn't forget fighting, the barrel the chef never told me yeah yeah um uh margo basically has to make elsa stab herself in the throat yeah as she's yeah is saying i didn't forget he didn't tell me and um hong chow then and leaves the movie again sad i wish she was in the rest of it as well yeah um she goes to his house and is looking at all the pictures of like the first review lillian wrote the the picture of him at the restaurant where he's famous and then we see him at hamburger howie's in 1987 before either of us were born he was uh um, employee of the month and you Mm -hmm. see him so happy yes (laughs) uh we find out that the reason that johnny legs is there is that chef Went this... to see calling Doctor Sunshine after on a very his hard one day. day off. Yeah, it, yes. it was one day off. He was very depressed. It was one did, day yeah. off, and he just hated the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's we really find out that funny. the assistant, yeah. yeah, went to Brown. No student loans. Margot also calls on the shortwave um, for help, and eventually we uh, we also get the finance bro with the birthday. I like that scene really good. It's yeah. like. You told him it was my birthday? Another trailer moment. Thanks. Yeah. Seemed funny yeah, three hours yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> I like with uh, Margot, like, kicks the barrel into the room. Like, big entrance for that. It's very fun. Chef gives a, a quote about the oppressed 
and from MLK. I think that's yep. just another funny, like, did he just quote MLK? So we have the Coast Guard coming, and they try to clean up very quickly. Oh, oh let's make it normal. Uh, the Coast Guard even notices that it's um, uh, Johnny Legs. Yes. Oh, oh even before that, uh, Chef is going to, like, I want you all to think about why didn't you even try to fight harder? Yeah. You probably could have made it away. Deep down, I think all of us know when we're bad people. Yeah. And I think even like at this extent, like they all know that they, they have these but also, giant sins we that keep, he's pointing yeah, out. We keep getting promised to that, hey, the menu's all going to make sense when you get to the end of it. Right. right? So it's like there's right. a natural curiosity about like what else is going to happen next. It's a concept. At yeah. the end of it, you will know. You're right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that Chef Slowik's like, oh, would you like his autograph? Yeah. And, like, even gives him a pen. Right, and, of course, the thing he says he loves, oh, I loved uh, paging Doctor, Do- calling Doctor, Doctor Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, eventually, the Coast Guard pulls the gun. He makes Slowik, like, get on his knees. I think this is one of the parts of the movie that falls the flattest for me, is the Coast Guard. Yeah. And I understand the, the idea of, like, oh, we could be saved, but then it comes down that his gun is a um, a, lighter. a lighter, yeah, and he lights the candle on Marco's table. Mm-hmm. Kind of dumb, kind of um, undercuts. I think everything that's happening, right? But it's like he knows but, that Marco betrayed him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's when uh, Chef says that Margo is a taker, and she kind of put starts putting everything together, and she does a clap herself. Says she wants to send the food back, that it hasn't been good, and that she's still fucking hungry. Yes. And it's like, what can I make? Made without love. And he goes, everyone knows love is a secret ingredient, which is one of my favorite lines. Yeah. You cook with obsession, not love. Right. And, you know, what would you like? We can make anything. And she asks for a cheeseburger. Um, And she says, a real cheeseburger, not some fancy deconstructed avant bullshit. A real cheeseburger. And uh, he does it. He says, you know, uh, is the fryer still on? Do you want crinkle or julienne fries? She chooses crinkle. It's going to set her back. Is ridiculous. Yeah. Nine ninety five. Uh, uh, come on. Crinkle or fine. But... Are, are we going to have... Is this how the podcast is going to end? <laughs> Our disagreement on the way that we have french fries? Uh, crinkle or fine. I don't know. Something about crinkle to me, like... Uh, kind of for some reason scream like cafeteria food you know i've had great uh i've had great you know uh uh crinkle cut fries for sure but i don't know for some for some reason julienne like the shoestring like that's yeah preferable i'd I'd, I'd rather take that well podcasting with a plebe i guess (laughs) uh let's see the the juices as he presses down the hamburger is just yeah it's great wonderful it's great i it looks so good and supposedly this was like the one actual like so there actually are they actually are cooking in the background so all the actors did learn how to make like the things that they're actually making so when you look into the background whatever they're doing is authentic but all the food presented is fake right but this was the one actual real food that they cooked on set and like gave to an actor, if that makes sense. Yeah, it it looks delicious. Yeah, I might get a hamburger today just because of it. Yeah, maybe I will too. Um, it sounds good. Uh, you know, she uh, gets a but... bite or two into it and then is like, "Ugh, eyes are bigger than my stomach. Can I get a something to go?" And you can kind of see it working through his mind of like, "All right, all right, I'm gonna let this play out." He gets ratatouille. Uh, That's what happens here. Yeah, she ratatouilles his dumbass. Yeah. 
Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Like, he's taking back to enjoying cooking for someone, and so it's awakened something in him. Yeah. She gets a small doggy bag and the gift bag to go with it. Uh, we get the supplemental course, a cheeseburger, just a well-made cheeseburger. And as she's leaving, she kind of, like, turns around for a second. It's very hesitant about leaving. And the um, female of the couple shoes her away. Go on, get out of here while you can, kind of hand movements. And um, I really love that. I think it's uh, bizarrely humorous that he still charges all of their credit cards yeah that's great he gives them the bill yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's really Um, good no tip like gratuity is included so no tip is required oh and Um, a gift bag i've given you gift bags uh, that has like (laughs) the tonight's menu a few other things uh fresh granola uh one of doug barrick's fingers (laughs) that's great and as it's happening they're spreading like graham cracker and like chocolate or caramel and other like accoutrements around the floors and everything the sommelier is like dousing brandy or something everywhere i I just love the way that he's doing that yeah as he's all talking yeah yeah and then they come and they put marshmallow vests and chocolate hats on all of them Mm -hmm. um it's a wonderfully funny uh, it is uh, it's a great visual yeah and he, he goes, s'more, the most offensive assault on the human palate ever contrived. So here's the thing. And ha- do, are you a fan of, like, authentic campfire s'mores? I do love s'mores, but I will say, if I have the option, I'm going to change out that Hershey's chocolate with the Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, I've never tried that. That sounds amazing. I, Fucking I, great. I will say, I do think s'mores... Like, yeah, the Hershey's chocolate is the issue, right? Like, it doesn't, I don't know, I don't, Hershey's chocolate's not the best already, right? And something with that combination of flavors doesn't really work for me. Here's what I do, and it's probably, you know, gonna load it with carcinogens. I just fucking stick the marshmallow into the fire, get it all burnt and crispy, and eat that. Like, is that See, weird? I'm, I love a burnt, I'm, crispy no, marshmallow. There's plenty of people that like that. I'm not the biggest marshmallow fan. Yeah, I, I love marshmallows. I will eat it with the s'more. I think, like, together it yeah. works. But, like, individually, I'm just not... I'll, a, I'll cook a... I'll, I'll do, like, the, oh, you know, nice and golden brown, too. I'll lose some with it. But other times, sure. I'm just like, no, I'm sticking this thing right into the middle of the fire. <laughs> like You want you it know. fucking black. Exactly, yeah. 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 I like burnt food sometimes. I don't know why. Like, sometimes there's, like, True. a burnt texture to me is, like, not bad. Bad, like a yeah. crisp, that crispiness like not that i love yeah. everything like you know blackened but sometimes i like that yeah yeah uh we didn't talk about it earlier but the chef as with most like cooks they have um asbestos hands is what he referred it to chef's right. hands where you have um burned it enough that you just don't feel the pain from yes it. there's a point really where he, he like yeah yeah. Puts it over the fire, yeah. But he doesn't get, like, close enough to the fire, really. So, like, no, eh, you don't buy it. Yeah. Couple bullshit on that. Um, so he picks up one of the embers from the stove and just walks it over. And I, I love, 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 maybe one of my favorite things of the movie is, as he's doing that, the female of the couple thanks him. Yes. Yep. It's just, Dark. It's so, so great. Yeah. Um, he drops the ember and just the fire erupts you see everybody kind of um sitting in here which it's a it's a horrible way to go but from what i've read it's like if it's pretty um 
instantaneous with pain. Like you feel it real quick, but then your nerves get burnt and you don't feel it, and yeah. you then feel cold. You do see though. You see the point where like there's there's chocolate melting on their faces, which has yeah. got to be like that's got to be that seemed to me seemed really uh, painful and and fucked. It's just a melting chocolate like <laughs> searing your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Margot goes and escapes on, I guess, the Coast Guard's boat, mm-hmm. and um, it eventually dies on her, so she's just kind of in the water, and she pulls out her cheeseburger, takes a bite. I love how she uses the uh, menu from the the, the uh, guest bag to, like, as a napkin, and then we get this kind of, like, swelling music, and she takes a bite. That's the, the end. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Greg, let's give some final thoughts uh, and rate this movie. What are we going to rate it out of? Uh, tickets, Horses. Tickets to paging or calling Dr. Sunshine. I don't Call, know. Uh, tortillas. Um, tortillas. Tortillas. I like tortillas. Tortillas. All yeah. right. Tortillas. All right. I'll go for first since I am the host today. I think this is a playful plating of characters uh and they give this movie um all sorts of elites and shit shovelers so we get a real variety Mm -hmm. of um of humans and characters in this movie i think it gives it a unique mouthfeel uh there are hints of sarcasm with a longing of further commentary that leaves you a little dry I think the notes of style are amazing, but there's kind of a, there's a lacking of substance that leaves me hungry for more sustainable satire. And I think overall, I have to give this a 3.74 tortillas. That, mwah, beautifully done. <laughs> Love that. Yes, amazing. Um, I'm going to go a little, a little, a little hard here in terms of like uh, what I'm going to talk about right now, because I think that... Um, I very much enjoyed the watch of this movie. I, I as I was watching it, I, f- I feel like I was laughing quite a bit. I was liking the performances a lot. I was uh, finding there was a good amount to chew on. <laughs> Even if, yes, you get some of the shallowness eventually, you find some of the obvious, the really obvious writing here and there, the obvious satire, stuff like that. Uh, I think there is some really interesting points brought up by this movie, though, that did, to me, bolster it and make it maybe, like, a bit better... Then it ultimately it, it's the the sum of its parts are a bit it's greater I think than some of its parts like yeah there's obvious writing yeah there's like kind of sometimes you get some cliche jokes right or like the finance bros are a little like everyone's kind of like I don't know a little tropey in this a bit caricatures or yeah stereotypes. I don't think I I think uh, Mar- um, Margot is maybe a very kind of like underserved as her protagonists I would say. Um, and I feel like she's the weakest written person, even though there's a lot to, there's a lot to, like, talk about with her role as, like, a, again, a member of a service industry, right, compared to him. I, I think there is something to, to go for there, but, like, something about her character doesn't totally fit for me. And I think that her final speech of the hamburger and all that stuff, I under, I totally understand what they're doing from a story perspective and how it works. It seems like a little sort of, like, last-minute bullshit, like, oh, that actually works on him? Like, that's really dumb. It's a bit of a stupid yes. moment. 
it feels like when they cut to the picture, it, it's almost like a, uh, you know, uh, Chekhov's yeah, hamburger photo. Yeah, totally. And it's also just like, oh, could, I don't know, like, oh, an American hamburger is going to, you know, like, you know, that's what I want as like an everyday person. It's just something about it is like a little dumb to me. But um, he but, also like he's he seems almost European. I mean, yes, it is refined, right. but like he grew up in Iowa. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's an odd thing. Yeah, I don't know. But here's what I'm gonna say though: why, why I think this movie is greater than some of its parts is I think that ultimately what it's about is really fascinating to me, and I feel like it did lead me down. And again, I I, I have to assume this is what uh, the filmmakers intended, um, you know. But I, I think it led me to some really interesting avenues of thought, and I think it raises some really interesting points with a few things. So I I think a lot of the movie is really about, like, obviously it's about art, right, and the culinary world. I've seen reviews say, that, like, it's pretty accurate to, like, what the culinary world is like. But when you get to things like Jeremy Loudon, right, and talking about how he forsake, forsook everything in his life to get to that point, and he wasn't going to be great, right, and, you know, it's like, hey, do you want my life? No. I started just thinking a lot more about the chef's life and where he ended up, right? And it's like, he got this review that got him to that where he is now, right, eventually. And the angel investor and everything, it's like, if there's something we're truly passionate about, right, and we think about in our sort of capitalist capitalist society, the end goal of capitalism, the highest point you can reach, is getting to a place where you, in a service industry, is getting to a place where you're servicing people like this, who do not give a single mm-hmm. fuck about the artistry you actually pour into it, right? So it's like he says, that whole thing of like, my art turns into shit in your stomach and you do not care. You're eating entire ecosystems and you're not even going to remember it if you're that old couple, right? It's yeah. not even going to like, because it's I'm not going to phase you at all. I'm such a high echelon. The price point is unsustainable, like unattainable. Yeah, for like the people who would really love, and actually appreciate, appreciate this, and actually need yeah. it, like the bread. Like that's the thing. Is like bread is for poor people, right? So I think that point of the movie is really fascinating. And I think when you get to any upper echelon of art, like fine art, who are you painting fine art? You people are buying fine art just to say they own it, right? Like that becomes a point of art collecting, you know, or to sell it to make even more money or whatever. Or like, uh, you know, it's it's just you get to the, any end point of any kind of passion like that, and it's not a passion anymore. It becomes a product. It becomes you know, uh, it becomes content, right? Um, and I think that that is a very poignant thing in this day and age in terms of like late stage capitalism where we are now. Uh, it's that like, why is that your end goal? That should not be your end goal as an artist, right? But it's hard to separate you from that, from wanting success, from wanting to reach this point where those are the people that are interested in your work, you know, but they're not actually interested in your work. They're interested in the experience, like the finance bros or whatever. I think that leads me into what this movie is, uh, also about, um, I think that so many, a lot of movies, you can say this about most movies, that they're actually about making movies, but I think it's it's especially true for this one, um, if you really break it down in terms of these archetypes of these people. So you have, you have uh, Ray Fiennes, he's our director, he's a filmmaker, mm-hmm. right? He's an artist. You have his cultish devotees who would do anything for him, right? And there are also people he's trying to fuck on the side. They're his film crew. Hong Chao is assistant yeah. director or something, you know, whatever. He started as an indie filmmaker who loved this passion, right? Maybe he won some independent awards when he was younger. Uh, he gets these angel investors, right, that bolster him, give him this huge budget, huge 
stage. To, now he's making Marvel movies. Now he's yeah. making Marvel stuff. Yes, exactly. And it's, yeah. you know... He, We're Tyler. We're Tyler, exactly. We're the sycophant fans who know everything about filmmaking. But if he handed us a camera and told us to go shoot something... I, well, look, I went to, we went to film school. I like to think we'd do something okay. But, like, um, <laughs> I, I, I made a couple short films, I think, that I, I you know, had a really good time with. And I think it turned out all right. We yeah. actually know how to use a camera yeah, versus, yeah. like... Tyler and the uh, Paco Jet. Yeah, I, I have one, but I worked he wouldn't the, I be able to use it. Worked in the TV industry for five years. I, I know something, but like, uh, yeah, but like, um, you know, there's so, but you have like the the executive producers, people like the old couple, where it's like, hey, you've produced these many films for me. Can you even name one? Like, did you like what? Where did you actually mm-hmm. take away from any of that experience? You have the finance bros who are just like, oh, you know who we connected to, right? You know what we do? It's like you just gotta shovel fucking money around and cheat on taxes to say that this movie was not profitable when it actually when it made you know 1.5 billion dollars worldwide and somehow it's a loss. You know, you have the literal actor who is there too. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that, like, from that perspective, it's also just like, yeah, you look at somebody like Steven Soderbergh, and he's somebody who is constantly making things on a lower budget for, you know, like uh, on an iPhone, experimenting. He's doing it for the love of it, for the passion of it. He is not somebody who is concerned about like profitability of his movies, as far as I can tell. Right? He's um, doing so many uh, things himself. Are you talking about the director of Magic Mike and Magic Mike <laughs> XXL? But look, it's it's like, but it's the thing is, you you still Magic Mike's Last Dance, right? I mean, yeah, but he's also releasing things like Unsane, which he shot on an iPhone and ran in theaters for like two weeks. And he releases like six movies a year that most of them nobody sees. He is still doing things like for the passion of it. So I, I Are think you from talking on that about front, the director of Ocean's Eleven. Well, he's had great success. Yeah, but he's also somebody who I think is like like <laughs> like Slovic. No, no, I get it. He yeah. has to go. He has to go back and like you know refresh himself. I'm like, hey, this is why I do this, right? He also runs an, a free online film school or did for a little bit, right? He had his like website where he was like posting free lessons for filmmakers like that is somebody that really cares about the craft of it then you got somebody like jj abrams nothing against the guy you know no no maybe i got maybe i do have a lot against the guy i got a little bit yeah right but he is somebody who's going to attach himself to the biggest ips possible and deliver you know these sort of like just retreads garbage you know just like stuff that that is so noted to death is so like corporate and so like you got a lot of guys like that. You have in all of Marvel, and you have people who are falling over themselves to shit on somebody like Martin Scorsese who tries to say, hey, maybe we need to ask more of our cinema, right, than this. And you have rabid Tylers going out there being, like, you know, defending it to the death and whatever. So I think this movie speaks to something interesting on that front. Does it sort of fall apart? I think so. Is it a little muddled? Yeah. Is it a little obvious? Yes. But I think all of that comes together i gave it a four uh i gave it four tortillas on letterboxd mm-hmm. i think i'll stick with that i think that it does speak to something really interesting despite all its flaws i again i think that like it's kind of it was kind of weird. i went back and forth on this movie a little bit but i just kept thinking like i don't know, i enjoyed the experience as it was happening i think there's a lot of really funny moments in this i i really love uh nicholas holt's performance i love ralph fines you know i love john Leguizamo. i love hung chow um and it's like, yeah, there's there's obviously things to pick apart with it, but I, I just think that, like, a lot of movies <laughs> that I really enjoy, it just got me thinking so much, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. it, that, it, it said something off in me. It spoke to me. It did what it did what 
like cinema is supposed to do and it provoked a response and it provoked deeper thought for me so i'm going for tortillas yeah or oh totally i i think there's a lot uh greatness about it i just yeah. don't think yeah there's oh, that it, really well shot at yeah. the end mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah all right. Well, that is going to be the end of October and Trick by Treats, but we have one more thing we have to do before that happens. Greg, it's the Gore, excuse me, Gourmet Greg, it's the end of Thank the month. You. So that means we have to do the Massey. We give awards Massies. to movies that we watched throughout the month at the end of every month and the movies we talked about this month. Did you notice they were all they all start with T? I Three of them start that. with V, and then one is T. So we have the stuff, TH, the platform, even. yeah, thinner, and then the menu. Great. And we're gonna start uh, like we do every month with the Claude Daigle Memorial Penmanship Award Scholarship Fund Foundation, otherwise known as Best Kill. I don't know about this one and another one, but I've I've been trying to think about who I would say had the best kill or death. Yeah, it's pretty Um, easy for me. I think it's Chocolate Chip Charlie um, for the stuff. It's a real great show-stopping moment. And and he talked about how I think that the actual ending of the stuff is, you know, not as good as the rest of the movie. But that is still such a fantastic part. And, like, uh, Garrett Morris does a really, really great job with the lead-up to it. You know, and then just seeing him extend that way and the stuff like ooze out of his body, him to see him fall to pieces and like the chunks of his face like dissolving into stuff, like yeah, that is just that to me is the highlight of the month for me for in terms of for kills, for deaths, yeah. Um, I think that's an interesting one. Uh I mean it's definitely one that I thought about, especially with effect later on, but it was we don't know if that's when he died or like how the stuff like kills you. Like it's a very yeah, that, that, you're right, yeah thing. Um, I actually think I'm going to go Hong Chao as Elsa in the menu. I like that as they're fighting, it is almost like accidental on Margot's part. And just the way that she's like, I didn't, I didn't forget. This right. isn't my fault. Yeah, totally. I think it's real touching. And just the way that she, uh, she does die, I think it is a really good death performance. Yes. And it's, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's move on to best performance. I think you might have one, and I might disagree, but the same movie. Mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm saying Michael Moriarty from The Stuff. Okay, well then not. I That was a consideration for me. It's a little hokey. Uh, I mean, that's I what's great gonna, about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Ray Fiennes from The oh, Menu man. as Chef Slowick. Come on, we both like praise the shit out of Michael Moriarty and the stuff, and we you never once said in the episode he was a little hokey, which he is, but that's what's so great. He's making such that's a wonderful what is choice. Fun about it. And I, to me, he's far and away, like, no, I, actually, Paul Servino is pretty good in it, but like, he's so fucking good in the stuff. He is like acting, like, there's that part in okay. on the yacht, he's acting circles around everybody. Like, you it know is what? I'm going to so take wonderful. it back. Danny Aiello in the stuff. <laughs> he said, okay, fair, all right, sure. Aiello, Danny Aiello, yeah. But no, right. fucking, <laughs> yeah, Mo Rutherford, he's 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 a real fucking... Oh, that's a sweater palm, that's oh. a sweater palm. Oh, another sweater palm. Another sweater palm, yeah. He's, oh, I could just kill you. Oh, God, he's incredible. All right, uh, moving on to the best effect. 
It's not going to be the fat suit from Thinner. That's for damn certain. <laughs> or the makeup effect on uh, on the Romani. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, this is this is a tough one. I think I might actually just go with the chocolate chip Charlie. Yeah. Um, death scene in the stuff. I think it's so like it's not great, but it is very striking, and um, as well as like you're always going to remember that look. Yeah. Oh boy, I I just God, I'm really split between two. Um, I think I'm gonna say, uh, just the platform in general, like the way that they shoot the prison, because I think that like mm-hmm. it, it's it's a single set that entire movie, right? Except for the time trees getting right. reviewed, I think, and like the, two the, the, levels, the love, right? And then everything else is CG. But the way yeah. they do it... feel yeah, real. It's not noticeable CG to me. And yes, and it's like, they just do such a wonderful job of like, there's just an infinite abyss above and below you. Like, it, it is so isolating and so scary when you wake up on the lower levels and somehow they communicate that you are even deeper than you were before. Even if things almost look exactly the same, there's just something they do about way the way they light and shoot that whole thing that really impressed me. So yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, the prison in the platform, the prison itself. All right, moving on to Massacre of the Month. Uh, I think this is an easy one. I think the menu, it is it is a straight-up massacre yeah. of, uh, what, 11 civilians and then a bunch of chefs? Yeah. Uh, a easily, sommelier thrown in there? Yeah, easily the lowest-rated movie for me, but I'm going to say Joe Montaigne's assault on the, on the Romani camp. Okay. <laughs> hey, not bad. Actually, I think maybe not only bad. one person dies, but the way it's presented is like, I don't know, just J- Joe Montana going going full Scarface for a second, you know, like in all black with the yes. hoodie. Yeah, uh, it's fun. The explosions, the cars—they get shot twice and they go up in massive fireballs. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my answer. That's the massacre of the month. All right, and we're gonna leave it off on the seasonal award of which dish. <laughs> would you enjoy the bag of doritos that he's eating in the car and thinner oh yeah that's probably <laughs> good. i mean i'm just gonna go with that cheeseburger i fucking look so I, good i'm going with the stuff man i got such a fucking sweet tooth are you kidding me i would house the stuff all the time man yeah. i would eat so much of the fucking stuff are you kidding it looks it's so, diet food it died it looks so good it looks delicious like oh man <laughs> When when well, uh, that's it for the Massies. when the kid's mom is just serving that giant bowl of it, you know, like ah, oh, yeah, I want it. Well, that's it for the Massies. They will return next month uh, for a new theme. Greg, do you want to inform us of what I our new theme is and what wait. movie we're going to be watching? Yes, this theme has been on the book since the beginning of the podcast. It's been an obvious one that we we knew we would eventually get to, and what better month to do it than November? Uh, we tangentially are... relate it to this. I'm just going to say, we we are transitioning right into a theme that fits right alongside Trick by Treats. We are talking about cannibalism. It is going to be, guess who we are having for dinner. Right? Did I get that right? Guess who we're having for dinner? Yeah. Uh, We're talking about movies where humans eat humans all month long. And we are starting with Eli Ross, The Green Inferno. Uh, So come back next week for a whole new theme. Uh, here on the weekly podcast massacre yes 
And until then, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe anywhere you get this podcast. We have email, weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com, both threads and Instagram at weeklymassacre. You are Anderson 19 on Letterboxd. I am Murph and Turf. So please hit us up. Let us know if you've ever stabbed your father in the thigh with kitchen scissors. If you saw Calling Dr. Sunshine on your day off. Or if you know where to get a real cheeseburger, let us know. Did I mention my seasonal dish? I would eat the cheeseburger. Yeah. You said that, yeah. I think I did. Yeah, okay. And as always, you'll eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. Uh, This was a line I didn't even shout out, but it's a great John Leguizamo line. Because I'm a name-dropping whore. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.